Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 14 of the Audible Farm Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Peter Stockdale. This week, I'm sitting down with a good buddy of mine. We grew up together. His name's Kevin Jensen. We were in a band when we were younger, uh, you know, as most musicians start somewhere, and we ended up uh, just playing a bunch of punk songs and things like that, but that wasn't really what Kevin wanted to do. So after uh, he graduated, he ended up going and joining a couple of other bands, and we'll get to that here in the podcast, and it's, it's pretty good. Listen, uh, it's, I found out that it's tougher to interview people that I already know just based on the fact that we've already heard the stories before, so it's awkward retelling the same story that maybe one of us has already heard or told before. But, uh, you know, just bear with it a little bit. It's it's kind of kind of tough. I end up giving Kevin a little bit of guff in here for his lack of voice modulation during the podcast, so... Uh, if you end up uh, hearing him get a little too close to the mic a few times, just uh, just kind of roll with it and chuckle to yourself. But uh, yeah, this is episode number 14. I'm sitting down with a good buddy of mine. His name's Kevin Jensen. He plays guitar. He sings. He's in the band Brother Bailey. They're awesome. Uh, I love checking them out when I'm in the Des Moines area. So, you know, if they're playing a show around, you better check them out. They're, they're tons of fun. Episode 14, Kevin Jensen. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Peter. How hey, you doing? Doing good. Uh, sitting down today, Kevin Jensen with, uh, I mean, you're the lead singer of Brother Bailey, um, rhythm guitarist. Guitar. Um, you've been in a handful of other bands. <coughs> Excuse me. I've uh, been in a handful of other bands uh, over the years. Uh, you and I are actually from the same town. We went to school together. Humboldt we, High. Yeah. yeah. We had a band in high school, and uh, our band was Active Input. Um, that was one of those situations where everyone pretty much just got a guitar or something for Christmas, and we just <laughs> did the best we could, I guess. Yeah, PV Squire, Guitar Man, whatever it took to uh, be able to stand on what we called a stage at the time, and... Play yeah. a song or two. You should put the microphone closer to your face, maybe. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we weren't bad necessarily, but I wouldn't necessarily either say that we were very good. Um, what's your take on that, man? I mean, we were uh, good musicians there, but uh, new to the guitars and the rock and roll and all that, that's for sure. Yeah, we were pretty much just learning as we went and uh we all just like chose a song to learn together and did the best we could i guess mm-hmm. i had a good time doing it uh yeah i mean for the most part like we played for school events sometimes like uh whether it be like homecoming coronation or or whatever and uh i mean sometimes they went better than others i mean it wasn't like it was horrible all the way around but uh mm-hmm. we also i don't know we had fun doing what we were doing um after after that i mean everybody kind of went to college and and went away and uh you did the same thing but you were in another band after after you left um humboldt area what was that band well um you know after all that uh you know kind of wanted to get back into it again and so i noticed that you know, Craigslist had an old musicians forum there in the community, and yeah, there happened to be some local guys looking for a singer for doing some old seventies, eighties rock and roll type songs, and 
showed up, had a good time with the guys, sang good enough for them, and so they brought me on to loudspeaker there in about, you know, 2009 era. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, that 70s and 80s rock is, like, right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, just kind of easy singing stuff there. Um, I mean, that's, like, the stuff you kind of grew up listening to for the most part. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. I you mean, know, the old radio classics, plus what my mom played all the time on the music. Yeah. I mean, your parents had pretty awesome musical taste. There was always some pretty good music playing around your place. Yeah, the uh, a day at home consisted of mom loading up the six disc changer with whatever of her couple hundred CDs she had of seventies, eighties rock and roll and hair metal. Yeah, and so uh, learned all of that stuff front to back over the years. Yeah, and, um, uh, <laughs> everything you hear there, but still, uh, you know, we still try to play not you know the hugest hits that are out there, but uh, songs we still think are fun and. You know, good to listen to, good to dance to. Um, yeah, uh, you. I mean, you grew up as a singer. Uh, I don't want to say like professionally trained, but you were. You sang in school. You did a uh, chorus and and other things of that nature, right? Uh, I mean, really. Uh, when I was young, everyone did chorus. You know, that was the one thing they could start you on from. <laughs> from when you're, you know, in kindergarten there. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't really do that when it came to picking my classes in high school, junior high and college, high school. Yeah. Um, yeah, until we just kind of got interested into doing the musical theater, the, um, the, sh- the, the, what are they called? The, the musical and the, the theater show there. Yeah, so. we had, we, uh, every year in Humboldt, they did one play and one yeah. musical. Yeah. The, the play was in the fall, musical in the spring, or something like that. And yep. so, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, well, ended up doing the musical and getting a lead role in that and doing some chorus stuff and doing some things with that. Really, just my last year in high school there. Oh, really? When we were getting big into music and, like, uh, yeah, basically my senior year in high school consisted of uh, being in the band room about. <laughs> three quarters of the day yeah um i Maybe mean a couple science classes that was pretty much like all i did in high school <laughs> my senior year too was i spent a lot of time in the band room um, yeah. whether it was for the best or not but i mean that's just the way it went down so i guess i didn't know that you didn't sing as much as as i had originally thought because like i had originally thought that you uh i don't know like we're had more singing um you know and more involvement in the school or or anything like that, but I guess I didn't realize it wasn't until your senior year. It was literally entirely my senior year. Yeah. So you're like a you're actually like a pretty good singer then. Uh, just like naturally, I guess there's got to be some sort of talent there. Singing the radio, uh, you know, on the car radio and all that shit all the time. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's just where I picked it up. But you know, uh, singing school chorus, man, those songs are fucking boring. You know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to sing that crap, so I just kind of stayed away from it. The yeah. band was tolerable. The songs, you know, weren't that awesome or anything, but all you guys were in it too, and that's pretty much what kept me going too. Yeah, I mean, uh I always had a fun time like uh just playing music almost almost no matter what it is. Like the older I get, the less I care I think about the style of music. I just like playing it cuz it's fun. Mm-hmm. But uh so you uh you do the active input thing. You did a little bit of singing in school. Uh 
and you ended up trying out for a couple of bands uh, while you were in college, right? Uh, yeah, well, that I mean, Loudspeaker was the only one I really tried out for. It was the first one I tried and ended up really liking the guys and sticking with them for three, four to five years or something like that. That's awesome. You know, practicing every week, and we lined up gigs about monthly. Yeah. Uh, playing in the Ames, Des Moines area, bars. Nothing huge back then. We played a lot of a lot of gigs up in Story City at the bowling alley. Uh probably at least four or five times up there. Yeah. Um, but they're good to us and you know, there was, you know, actually people who'd show up to have drinks and watch the bands. Yeah. In Story City there. So I mean having people show up is I mean that's <laughs> that's half the battle, I guess. It's uh it's sure varied, but you know, generally a good crowd would be more than 10 people i would say for us yeah Uh, (laughs) always has and still is really i mean you just do what you can Uh, Mm um i was talking (laughs) talking last week with uh eric nelson about that how sometimes you just got to reevaluate how you measure success because you get in there and you're like oh it's money and fame and then once you realize that there's limited about both of those things you might need to reevaluate what you would consider success um what do you think of that uh yeah you know i was never really concerned about success still ain't concerned about it at all um i'm just (laughs) still just having fun you know it's it's something to do every now and then to keep things interesting yeah and that's that was kind of my answer to him too was like this is for me is like a hobby gone gone crazy like uh, this Uh podcast uh, (laughs) playing music and stuff like that it's just they're just hobbies that are way out of control and i mean it's not like they're out of control to the point where i need help but Mm-hmm. I I probably sink too much money into doing both of those things than I than I should, but that's I mean you got to sink money into something I guess. I spent most of my twenties sinking my money into a retirement fund and not playing any music, so I don't know. You gotta you gotta make a trade off somewhere. It's not yeah I don't know. So uh, how long did you play with loudspeaker? You said like three or four years playing you know, like a show a month or so. Yeah, I'd say three or four years, uh, maybe five. But um, then, you know, all of a sudden, just one day, uh, heard from Jeremy that um, Doug Ewing, our drummer, uh, he was about 54 years old. He had a aneurysm getting out of the shower one day. Yeah, that's right. Put him in the hospital for two weeks, unresponsive, until they... Uh, did a little surgery tried to reattach some blood vessels to the area of his brain and get that working again and luckily he did come back and um you know still mostly functioning and all that but he's uh really uh, wasn't able to keep up with the drumming anymore and yeah had to a bummer, rely on his kids right now you know i actually i forgot about that until now you had i remember that you had mentioned that to me that was just super scary because i mean that's something that could happen to Anybody, any age. Yeah, I mean, no. just he played drums in the band. You could say his heart was in fairly decent condition. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, that man, that's like one of those uh, "What are your three biggest fears?" type deal. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't yeah. know, just aneurysm, just you know, random blood clots in yeah. your blood vessels, man, just yep. floating around. Stroke, heart attack, any of that stuff. You know, it's just like Jay's. Yep. No, thank you, please. No. So was that. Did you guys kind of call it quits after that? or? Well, yeah, the band was done because uh, we went to Doug's place out in the country to practice. The thing was that was the jam oh, room yeah. out there. 
You know, it wasn't really going to work for any of us to practice at the other three of our houses. So, you know, I think we they tried to come over to my flat a couple times and, like, basically play acoustic guitars and Cajuns or something. But just like, yep. it was gone. And so... Um, Is that Cajon? Uh, yeah, Cajun, Cajon, yeah. Yep. Um, so... You got somebody over there playing a, a spicy chicken breast. A Cajun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, man. <laughs> no. Uh, so, like, you tried to do the acoustic thing or the uh, smaller setup, folk setup or whatever you want to call it, and it didn't. Yeah. Just didn't work. Nah, it didn't work. Uh, so, and we tried writing some of our own songs, too, and that, and just didn't quite work. It wasn't, wasn't feeling good, so... But then, you know, before we could really think about it too much anyways, Jeremy, he joined up with Brother Bailey down in Des Moines. Nice. Um, So that was really close to all that. They were looking for a bassist at the time. So he went down there and, you know, we didn't really play for about six months ever um, until, you know, kind of coaxed Jeremy into bringing me down and playing with Brother Bailey there. Greg was just doing lead guitar and rhythm guitar at the time, and they had another singer who just sang, and then a drummer, and then the Jeremy was doing bass. And, um, so I just added in some rhythm there, and Greg was digging it because he could relax a little bit, not have to cover all the rhythm through that, and yeah, be a little more loose on his leads. Yeah. So you uh, were saying is Jeremy joins Brother Bailey brings you in on the in on the thing down there and you just kind of joined up with those guys was it one of those things they put out an ad for and you replied to it or was it just kind (laughs) of you were just buddies with him and he said oh i know a guy that plays guitar let's bring him in yeah pretty much i mean i just went down there to hang out with them for a while too and you know they're cool dudes and put that mic in front of your face a little bit more (laughs) like like good music there you go they played the same set as uh we almost did in loudspeaker uh, like swear to God, yeah. like half the songs were literally ones we played in loudspeaker, so it was pretty easy to transition in, and they liked that. Yeah. Um, so started playing a few gigs with them and practicing with them every week. Yeah. Um. Like what kind of like what what kind of songs do you play in Brother Bailey? Like was it much <laughs> was it much of a change or was it uh, was it like I don't know. Were you playing a little bit heavier songs or a little bit? Well, more? we had a female lead singer at the time, so uh, we could play a little um, different songs like that. But uh, honestly, it was not too different at all. It was it was a lot of same stuff there. So you say female lead singer and brother Bailey at the time? Yep. Um, what uh, I guess I never saw brother Bailey with her singing. What? Mm-hmm. How did that all shake down or like whatever? Uh well yeah she was with the band before Jeremy even came into them, right. and um, then I joined and we probably played with her for a good two years. Oh nice. Um, we went through a couple drummers through the time. Aaron was drummer for a while, then he left uh, to pursue his high V manager role, and we brought on Dave. Uh, Dave from England, and he uh, was just kind of living in Nevada and working at the university, and he played drums, and he'd come down and, you know, 
practiced and gigged with us for another couple years. And then, um, then he left and we got Brian hired on after that, who is our drummer now. All right. And so all those changes happened with Mo still there. And then, um, yeah, we were just kind of sensing some things and wanting to go on without her and, uh, Greg kind of let her go one day there. Yep. And so we, uh, yeah, uh, went on with me doing all the leads then and Brian and Jeremy and Greg. And it's been the four of us for now at least a good two, close to three years now. Uh, I take it Greg is the founding member. Uh, Greg Bailey, Brother Bailey. That's yep, how that, it's named. That, that's it's his him. place we practice at. It's his gear knowledge and all of that that we use yeah i mean it's justifiably so he also plays most of the leads if not all of them oh uh, yeah i mean uh i've seen you guys play a handful of times at a handful of different styles of venues um one of them kind of being like a small pizza slash bar type place that was actually pretty cool oh east um, side eddies yeah that was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah i remember that one yeah um i've seen you at some like slightly bigger places too but i, I do love getting out to check you guys out and watch you play um you play a lot of cover songs. Um, what kind of stuff? Like, uh, what kind of what kind of songs do you play? What are you talking? You're like Ted Nugent. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I mean, we do play Stranglehold, um, but that's um, kind of a one-off from Ted there. Uh, but we do uh, uh, we do you know a couple Doors songs. We do a couple few CCR songs. Steve Miller Doobie Band Brothers. Uh, we don't do any CDs of Steve Miller right now. Um, you know, uh, do some Eric Clapton, and we do some country too. Do a couple Waylon Jennings and um, Johnny Cash type stuff. Um, nice, you know, all through there. All right, all throughout the seventies and eighties, so little nineties like, too. I suppose little Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that too. So, like, what what got you started playing guitar then? Like, was it uh, like Christmas gift? Here you go, or was it uh, what exactly? Well, uh, yeah, uh, parents kind of just showed up one day with a, you know, PV Squire and, uh, or a F- yeah, Fender Squire and the little PV amp, practice amp or whatever. Yep. And, um, you know, it was kind of half intended for the family, but I was the only one who really ended up playing it. Yeah. So it became mine. You know, I took a few lessons with, you know, Tim Miller, our junior high guitar instructor, uh, you know, music teacher. Yep. But he uh, was also teaching Leif and Dalton Boss, all of us guitar simultaneously, basically then. Oh, nice. Um, so we all kind of picked that up. Uh, I don't think we ever really played with Leif. Maybe you did, but I didn't. Um, I, I jammed with Leif a little bit when we were growing up, but uh, we never actually played any songs together or, or anything like that. Um I I never really took any lessons when I first started playing guitar. I just kind of tried to feel it out for myself. Do you feel like taking lessons benefited you a little bit or not? Oh, uh, you know, they could have um, probably could have, you know, gone without them. Mostly, you know, showed us how to do the open chords, how to do bar chords, and uh, a little bit about reading music and playing guitar, which I absolutely have not used ever since. So, um, 
Yeah, it was good though. It got you started and off to a get going, but mostly just reading tab off the internet. Honestly, anymore is how anyone should ever learn. Uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of what I did. Um, when it came down to like learning how to solo or like jam along to stuff, uh, that was something that I kind of wish somebody would have taught me. I mean, I got I I got how to read tablature and then it was like well now i can read every chord but i don't understand why the chords are what they are you know or uh like what makes what's why is this an e and that's an e minor like i didn't get that kind of stuff and i wanted to actually understand that as opposed to just memorizing and playing because memorizing and playing can only get you so far so i remember taking some music theory classes when i was in high school and that was like the start of trying to figure it out and i didn't really get too far with it but you know until about four or five years ago, I really started looking in it. But I kind of wished I would have taken some lessons growing up. I'm somewhat glad I didn't because it kind of helped me take my own path. But I don't know. Um, it was one of those things I remember when we started Active Input, we needed another member uh, to either play guitar or sing. And we brought you in. And, I mean, we we're just kids dinking around. But it was obvious to see that, like, you knew what you were doing fresh off the bat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we were playing a handful of songs. I mean, like, like you were talking about earlier, none of the songs were really in your wheelhouse. Uh, I w- like meant we were, to live was yeah. not exactly a song I'd ever heard before, or want to hear was again. Yeah, I get Boulevard it. of Broken Dreams, or most of the Sum Forty One or other songs that we mostly played. Yeah, I totally, I totally I had a lot get of fun it. Doing it, so yeah, and I mean. I mean, some of that's just my, me growing up being younger and being a little pig-headed. It's just the way it goes. Like, <laughs> I want to play these songs, and I feel like they all have to be this type of music or whatever. But uh, we, you and I actually played a show for a benefit for the pool for Humboldt, and it was recorded. And that's actually on YouTube. If anybody really wants to look it up, it's active input. It was the was band it in name. Livermore? Uh, no, we did a benefit for the Humboldt pool at the fairgrounds in Humboldt and Jody Hawkins did sound. Oh, and he also recorded all of the, that was for the pool. Yeah. Is that with was, the it was, lazy river band? Yeah. It was a class reunion, um, <sighs> for one of the classes and they donated, uh, the money that, that they made that year to benefit the pool. And they had like big donations and all this other nonsense. And it was actually like a hell of a good time. And there's actually some recording of us back in the day playing some of those old songs. And I mean, we even played a, a red hot chili peppers tune. Yeah. That sounds really good on the, on the podcast or rub your beard against the microphone <laughs> there, boss. Oh man. As if you're not uh demodulated enough talking into a microphone, which is blowing my mind, by the way, how much time you spend behind a microphone and you are talking like off the side of it and like yelling <laughs> into it. It's just kind of funny, yeah. but but maybe some of that comes down to the fact that I, I have pretty basic setup with only one set of headphones. So I'm the only one that actually gets to monitor the way that this sounds. So uh, I have zero feedback over here except for a little green bar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just watch how big these get because if they're too big, they're going to be – that's when you're redlining. Like uh, like that kind of stuff. So that's, that's just how that would work. I don't know. Um, I'm glad you're sitting down doing the podcast with me. I mean, it's just something that I, I kind of started doing, and I, I'm kind of trying to get some of my friends that play music to, to get in and do this. And you and I have been friends for friggin' like 15, 20 years almost now. I mean, like, I'd call it 15. 
you know that's how long we've been playing music together yeah. a little bit here and there i mean after after high school we haven't really played any music in bands or anything like that but i mean we've jammed out in your basement or in in whatever wherever you're living at the time um because i mean you've moved around quite a bit i mean whether it be from like the ames area down to the des moines area but i mean house to house place to place we've uh We've hung out quite a bit, man, and that's one of those things I thought about over the years was uh, how you and I had spent so much time together, yet, it, like, I mean, the last time we played a show together was 2006, I believe. That was the last show that Active Input did. <laughs> the Sheldon Park gig. Yep. <laughs> that was, uh, that was a great end. Cops hurt. ended that one, and we haven't played since. No, that was, I guess that was the end of Active Input. But, <laughs> yeah, that got... That was just a, a horrible situation all around, and it sucked that it ended the way it did, but uh, I don't know. So, I, everyone was going off to college anyways, otherwise we wasn't going to work to play Homecoming again or anything like that, and there's nothing else going on in Humboldt to line up against. Yeah, that was just like the start of the like cell phone hero era type stuff too, because people were just hanging out having a good time, and someone pulls into Sheldon Park and sees 40 kids. They were like, this is horrible, call the cops, bust it up. Uh, and the the funniest thing about it was like most of our parents were there and stuff like that. And it's like, we're not doing anything crazy. And then what makes it even funnier was just a couple of years later, they were like, maybe we should fix the stage up and actually use it. And they, they did it because they hadn't done anything with that stage since they used to have a bait in Humboldt, you know. And it, so it had been like five, ten years since they'd even done anything with it. It was old and dilapidated. And we just kind of threw a impromptu show out there and i don't know the public didn't take to it too well i guess as an adult i guess i kind of understand it because you don't really want a whole handful of kids out like super partying in a public park but uh that's just the way it goes speaking of a bait a bait this year let's hear it yeah uh that's the big gig lined up for the summer right now that everyone's talking about yep so uh who like you guys are going to be playing yeah, so Avate's like a three- or four-day event or something like that up in Algona, Iowa, over July 4th. Uh, so we're playing on the 5th, uh, play, open up the beer barn tent up there. Nice. Yeah, so uh, then later in the day, you got to stick around because Quiet Riot is headlining the main stage. That's sweet, man. You're going to be at a festival that Quiet Riot is at. And you are going to be playing the same day as them and pretty much opening up the day. We were technically playing in the same place before them. That's pretty That's pretty cool. You know, like... Uh, <laughs> Not the same stage, I don't believe, but... Uh, hey, that's still pretty cool, man. Um, <laughs> let's put it this way. When you were a young kid growing up in Humboldt and Abate used to be in Humboldt, did you ever think that you were going to be playing a concert at Abate? <laughs> at an Abate rally? Uh, no, that did not cross my mind, but, you know, Jeremy, we just... Guy heard us play at a gig one time, and he's like, dude, I could hook you up with a bait or something, and dude came through, and he did. That's pretty awesome, <laughs> He must man. have really liked us and had some pull up there, because there's you know, only like five bands playing that day with Quiet Riot, um, and us included, and uh, it's not, you know, 1,000 bands like it is at some festivals, playing yeah. a half an hour and moving through. It's I, uh... I think it's pretty cool because uh, not only is are you guys playing there, but uh, a buddy of mine, their band is actually going to be playing up there too, uh, Riddled with Class. They're from the Humboldt area in there. 
mm-hmm. we'll be playing up there too. So it's kind of neat. I got a couple people. Both of you guys. I mean, I've had Nick Earhart from. Uh, my phone's buzzing. I've had Nick Earhart from uh, Riddled with Class on here, and they're going to be playing up there too. That's going to be a pretty sweet time. Um, I mean, other than Abate, I don't know if you have any super big shows coming up, but um, I mean, you usually do play quite a few shows every year. Uh, summer usually being the busiest for you, I would say. But how many shows do you think you play every year? Uh, we played about 12 gigs last year, uh, this year, and. Um yeah, you know, we've got them lined up about every month. Uh, we got about four gigs lined up right now. Do you uh, do you have a list of what where like when your gigs are? Let's, I do. Let's whip them bad boys out. Let's see when you're. Uh, oh yeah. What kind of upcoming shows you got? Most everything here is posted on Facebook. You know, Brother Bailey. Not too hard to find. That's, that's an easy plug because that's usually where I pull most of. If I promote people's dates, that's usually where I pull most of the dates from. But yeah, that's the most current list that I know of. So. You know, we got Mistress Brewing Company coming up again for the second time in January. Uh, It's a pretty cool little brewery up in Ankeny there. Uh, Got a great stage, great beer. They're heading out to play the Burr Ride February 2nd. Nice. That's out in Boughton, Iowa. Little, little town just east of Perry, Iowa. Yep, yep. But there's a big bike trail that runs through, and these crazy-ass motherfuckers ride their bikes in the middle of February. Uh, and I guess they want to stop for beer and get drunk and listen to music. So That's pretty wild, man. We're going to do that forum there. Uh, we're going actually back to Kenny's Garage, formerly Kenny's Pub, a place we used to play all the fucking time back when we just started. Uh, Where's Brother that Bailey. at? It's way out in Waukee, uh, about right. as far west of town as you can go. Yeah, man. Literally a um, couple miles there. They uh, Oh, <laughs> you adjust my volume dude yeah, you're just gotcha. redlining like crazy oh <laughs> uh, uh yeah i don't know you're reading most of those dates out the side of your mouth so if anybody couldn't hear them just go to facebook uh they're all on facebook just search for brother bailey they'll be there yeah new dates come in all the time yeah man uh i mean it's constant uh you guys seem to it seems like you play more shows than 12 a year i don't know like 12 just seems like a low number i don't know why i for some reason i feel like you play more shows than that i don't know if it's just oh, my imagination yeah, or what but yeah you know sometimes we pack in a couple of months and sometimes we end up taking a month off just didn't get anything scheduled there yeah um, yeah where's some of your favorite places you've played so far i mean like you've played some like what street dances in some towns and oh yeah we played in nevada's town holiday you know they're lincoln highway days twice now we've played everly iowa's fireman's you know, uh, fundraiser, yearly dance, street dance up there twice now. Um, they've been really good to us up there. Great place to go. Um, yeah. Uh, Thirsty Sportsman down in South Central Des Moines always heck, a good time. Heck yeah, man. Just is. I uh, I think I saw you down there, play down there once. Me, maybe me and Clinton yeah. Kelsey went to one of those shows down there. I do remember. Dude, uh, that was awesome. I actually... Yeah, because we went down to one of those shows, and believe it or not, your parents showed up to one of those shows. Yeah, and I hadn't seen your parents in you know since high school almost. It seemed like, and it was just crazy. It was just like, holy crap, what's up? You know, uh, you know, you, you end up with one of those situations where you get to see uh, people from your hometown that you haven't seen in a while, but you see them in like Des Moines. It's just kind of like this is wild, <laughs> you know. Um, what else? do you have going on music wise like we talked a little bit about you going on craigslist and 
um, that's kind of how you got into the scene with uh, Jeremy, right? And am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for Craigslist, that wouldn't have happened. All right. So uh, you also have a little bit of uh, Craigslist history. You like go on there and find gear and trade gear with people sometimes. Like, uh, sure. Craigslist is great for local cheap used gear. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, we've talked about it maybe once or twice on the podcast so far with a couple other people, but I do definitely feel that like if you're a musician and you want to upgrade your stuff, Craigslist is, is kind of tough to beat. Uh, maybe like the Facebook groups, uh, are starting to compete with it a little bit because the Facebook groups are pretty good too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, have you ever found anything like super cool on one of those, uh, Craigslist ads that you just was just like, dude, this was such a steal or such a score. Like I haven't seen one of these since, but I've only seen one. Oh dude, I was, uh, got a chubby the other couple weeks ago when I saw this beautiful Gibson flying V on there. Oh, nice. And it was just like, uh, you know, perfect dark red body with big white pit guard and uh nice immaculate head up there you know fucking v'd out uh like asking 700 800 bucks for it you know but yeah of course you know i would never go for that but god damn it why not pretty man? cool i, f- I feel like <laughs> i feel like you uh i mean you're pretty conservative uh just not politically speaking, but like in general speaking, you're just kind of a well-reserved person. So you're not really one to spend a whole bunch of money on something super flashy to do something like that. I mean, it's just not not necessarily who you are so much, at least as, as far as I see you. So you probably wouldn't buy like a flying V, but I, no. but I, but I feel like it would look good on you. Uh, it would look good on anybody, I think. <laughs> um, that makes you letting one look like a rock star, dude. Yeah. Uh, oh man uh yeah uh, you find some cool stuff i mean that's in the des moines area you know that could have been anyone's some good explorers or something like that pop every now and then there's good les pauls and good fenders and all that stuff too which is more my speed i suppose yeah you uh like les paul or what kind of guitars let me ask you this what's your favorite kind of guitar to play uh well usually i just play my gibson les paul yeah Um, it's works for the most wide range of music i think best either you know the fender single coil sound is very cool too but you know i guess i'd rather have a harder rock song than a better country song yeah um i mean i guess it just comes down to what you like to play and and what fits your style the most and i will have to say like most rock and roll songs uh somebody's got a guitar with a humbucker in it so it's it's just the way it's going to work. You're going to end up with your Les Pauls or most mostly Gibson type stuff, and um, it's just the way it kind of goes. I I feel I don't know. I've always been kind of partial to humbuckers. Uh, lately, I've been forcing myself to use single coil pickup guitars just just because I don't know if it's me trying to step outside of my own comfort zone or or exactly what. But um, I mean, you and I have recently. Uh, I mean, sorry everybody, gear talk alert, but like, we recently started like looking into guitar pedals, like kind of at the same time a little bit, and figuring out like what pedals do what, and uh, doing those kind of things. And it was kind of nice to have somebody around to discuss buying pedals with, and yeah, and to swap pedals with, <laughs> yeah, 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 and try out because man, 
if anybody's ever bought some nice guitar pedals, you know that like even the used ones can go for like eighty to one hundred and twenty bucks. I, I mean, we they can mm. get they can get astronomical. But some of that I think is just uh. hypothetical, imaginary fairy dust that people have that they sprinkle into it and they're like now this is worth 400 bucks and it's like yeah not to me but like i mean you and i stick to medium grade pedals to uh dipping our toes into the high-end pedals that's kind of where our uh, price range lies because we don't want to spend a lot of money on anything but it was nice to be like dude you got a fuzz pedal yep hook me up let me try it for a couple weeks and i'll bring it back and you know like and same thing like looper pedals and anything it was just get the ability to have somebody else's pedal to try some of their stuff out was kind of neat you know and having people to bounce those ideas off of is is priceless especially in the music community and i don't know i'm just glad i had you around to, to do some of that with yeah the same here man uh no one else really used a whole lot of pedals that i knew of and you know getting a huge amp rack mounted system and all that was way too much money to be sinking into that stuff off the bat and when you're trying to first shape your initial sound on everything i think yeah um it's definitely one of those things that if you're just first starting out and somebody rolls up with a rack unit you're just like i have no clue how this works i don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on you know so like you end up with some of those kind of things where you're just like "Eh, yeah i um I don't, I don't, I don't even want to try this. We'll just stick with a guitar into an amp, you know. And then you throw one pedal in there, and then you throw another one in there, and then eventually you got a nice little mini, mini setup of pedals, and it's, it's kind of nice because, uh, I mean, you're kind of like me. You don't use too many effects at all, but um, you kind of feel naked without them. Well, yeah. I mean, for us, we try to play a wide variety of songs, and so if I don't have enough choices to, you know, go through and try to scope to the best of the abilities to get the good feel out of the song that I want, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I can't play everything on crunch or everything on clean. Yeah. So I try to have my give myself a few options. What uh what was the first song you ever tried to play on guitar? Like when you first got one and you were like, I'm going to try and learn this thing. What did, what did you try to learn? Or were you right into lessons? Uh, I, God, you know, I probably would say I identified more with going into lessons uh, than trying to learn anything. You know, I tried to learn a couple riffs to stuff. Um, like what? Mess around with my dad and what are we talking? like that. Crazy Train? Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I learned Crazy Train, like Paranoid and stuff like that. Um, I tried to learn a couple Ted Nugent riffs because that's yeah. what my dad liked, and we were kind of trying to get him involved too. Um, but, you know, nothing too memorable that I really enjoyed playing front to back. Yep. Um, so, I don't know. Like I feel like our directions we've taken in music are quite a bit different, uh, whereas you've played mostly in cover bands. And, uh, I mean, like we started out playing cover tunes together, but like since then I haven't really taken, I don't know. I play a little bit with the stockyard. That's kind of like, I don't know if it's a one-off or two-off kind of a deal that we've done, but, um, that's like the only cover tunes I think I've sat down and done too much playing with recently. I don't know if, uh, I feel like there's like that difference that we've taken. It's kind of like, I don't know if 
it's it's tough to describe it to people because it's we're, we're both musicians we're both out there doing things and making money but what you're doing is still so much different than what i'm doing right i wouldn't have to say even say i'm out there to make money at all mostly um i play for free and we have played for free before but generally people are willing to pay us to do longer shows like that and do a four-hour set out there and yeah so yeah um i think that they should be paying original artists and i wish there was more of that available but fortunately even the places where you can play cover music is pretty limited anymore there's You you think so I, for some reason, I feel like there's. I mean, more. out of out of nine out of ten bars, don't have live bands in them anymore. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's understandable, but I feel like most places will tolerate cover bands more than they'll tolerate cover or more. They would tolerate a cover band coming to town and playing music more than they would tolerate somebody with original music. Yeah, I think it generally pits fits just like it's easy for everyone, and the population gets it all and. Most of the time, they're there to see that stuff, or there for other reasons. Yeah, um, it's just kind of background music. Yeah, you guys but, get to play the jukebox, you know. Yeah. So, so it's just all the hits, anyways, and that's kind of what they're looking for—is somebody that can emulate the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's—it just is what it is, I guess. Um, I feel like traveling outside of the area here, it might be a little bit different story, but that's i mean have you how far outside of des moines have you guys gone for to be a cover band i guess have you tried playing any like super small towns and like little bars or well everly iowa up near spencer was you know the two-time place we've played that's been pretty small town yeah but it's technically it's where jeremy's from so he has his family up there he knows uh one of the firefighters who run the thing so we went up there for that yeah. Abate's probably going to be the next most out of base thing for us. And that really didn't come through my connections being from Humboldt or anything. So, yeah. Just having to be that one guy there. So, uh, do you guys just choose not to play shows too far outside of Des Moines by choice? Or is that just something that. Uh, yeah, we it, book enough gigs in the Des Moines area. We don't need to stretch for anything. We don't particularly want to go to Omaha or Minneapolis or anything like that, so we don't even look. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about going to, like, Omaha or Minneapolis, but, like, you know, go over to, like, Newton and, you know, just, like, you guys have any, you know, just yeah, I mean, random, we've gone out to towns. Boone. We play out in Nevada sometimes. It's, you know, Boughton and small towns around. If there's uh, something going on, we'll give them a shot usually and go from there. Yeah. What's what's been your favorite place that you've been to? Like uh, Dark Horse favorite place that you just go to and you don't know anything about it. And then after you're done playing, you're like, dude, this show was awesome. This place was cool. The crowd was great. Like, there's usually got to be at least one of those shows that you've had um, while you've played in the last handful of years that you just show up to and you're like, man, everybody here was just rocking and we were on point. Which one you got? Uh, I I'm still gonna have to go with. Bouton on that one there. Yeah, man. Um, out there for the um, uh, the Rusted Sprocket is the name of the bar. Dude, that Rusted sounds Sprocket. that's a legit sounding bar. Yeah, last time I played there, uh, both my parents, uh, the Bussies, our neighbor, and my brother and sister came to the show. Dude, that is uh, legit. It was pretty lit there. The and, Jensen family representing. Uh, we yeah. Uh, 
had that place of rocking overflowing there and it was pretty tiny that's awesome i think i think we doubled the town population right there (laughs) that's awesome yeah i've driven by bouton a few times on my way to and from the des moines area to do shows and and whatnot um i mean i I love the fact that you're still playing music i it's not that i figured you wouldn't but you were actually you know one of the only people other than clint from my childhood of growing up playing music with you guys like you're one of the only other guys that went out and actually did something with it so uh that's pretty cool because it's i mean i I did a i did a podcast with clint he was one of the first ones i did and same with uh dan blair and uh, we all grew up together playing music and it wasn't until uh you know a handful of years later dan started playing in bars and stuff like that and it was like you know, I got to get back into this too because I feel like I'm missing out on something that we all enjoyed so much of, you know, as a kid. And, uh, you know, I, I guess when I started playing guitar again, I, I had reserved the fact that I knew like fame and fortune wasn't going to come my way because I had seen, you know, many of my friends struggle to play it. So I just knew to just enjoy what I was doing. And if, you know, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to do it anymore. And that's what I told myself. So I'm still going. I'm still rocking. Like, uh, have you ever thought about, uh, stacking on another band since you only play like one or two shows a month tops oh uh i've you know checked craigslist still every now and then just you know to look around every few months i might get a wild hair read what's on there but now uh, i haven't really wanted to get too involved in anything more yeah you got enough on your plate right now it's enough it's fun enough it's going really good um you know, Brian just joined this Beatles tribute band or something. He's doing a little band stuff on the side. He's our drummer and brother Bailey. Yep. Uh, that's all cool, and it's working for him to do two bands a week and all that. That's pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, I don't necessarily have a whole hell of a lot else that I have to do. You know, working eight to five most of the time. So yeah. there's the open ability there. But I like keeping things open for Brother Bailey and all that too, and you know maybe possibly squeezing in a another jam during the week or something like that. Yeah, you don't want to end up with uh, like a situation where you work yourself so thin that you just don't enjoy either one of them anymore. Like you know, if you hypothetically did join another band, right? Yes, I don't want to have to make a decision there. Yeah, um, I mean it is kind of tough being in a couple bands. Um, I mean I'm doing the two band thing, going back to school, got a podcast and I don't, I don't even honestly from the outside looking in i don't know how i'm balancing all this with as well as i am but i guess um the older i get the more i realize that my free time is like super precious and i get bored uh when i have free time and i watch tv um especially like sitting up alone like up by myself all up in humboldt it gets kind of boring sometimes so i always try and keep myself busy with like literally anything i can do like uh I took a commission to dip a new guitar. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen the guitar I dipped last time, check it out. I'm dipping another one. Um, I guess this is me uh, somewhat announcing it. but uh, Can you give us a teaser on what colors it'll be? Um, yeah, it's going to be blue, like a dark blue, and uh, maybe a gray, and uh, a white, maybe a little bit of silver if it's not gray. So those would be the colors probably. Um, cool. Be making an unveiling of it pretty soon. I, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm testing a few things out I've never tried before on this one, um, and I was really unsure of how it was going to go. So, 
I think it turned out pretty good overall. I've just got to, for the most part, put it all back together and add a few doodads here and there and see what happens. So I'm pretty stoked about it. I did have a, a teaser of it on my Twitter account, on my personal Twitter account, if anybody wants to check that out. But it's uh, it's there. It's a thing. I don't know. I, I do have to say that, uh, you know, doing the podcast has has been really fun, especially even just sitting down with some of my other friends. Um, like you and I have known each other for so long. So sitting at, sitting down and doing a podcast is, is almost awkward. Like it's cause we just sit down and talk so much anyways. Uh, I surely don't feel like I need to go in as much detail, but, uh, uh, yeah, cause uh, we, we know what we're talking about here. Yeah. You and I have discussed a lot of the stuff like before. And so that's why like, uh, I mean, we kind of get into a little bit of gear talk somewhat into it. And, uh, I mean, these are, these are all things that are commonplace and common knowledge for y- you and me. Um, to one another but like everybody out there doesn't necessarily know some of this stuff and it's it is kind of weird sitting down with somebody you're so familiar with and trying to get them to uh talk about all their stuff or like even brag about it or um some podcasts i even have a tough time just sitting down with people being like even even though you and i are friends and we're like very much peers and stuff it's just i've always kind of like looked up to your ability to like you know you've been playing music for the last five six years nonstop for the most part it's just pretty cool I mean, that's not not something I've done. So like, um, I don't know if it's. I don't. I hate to just say like it's it's almost jealousy driven, but it was just like, dude, like it's so cool. He's out there doing all this stuff, and I want to be out there doing all this stuff. So you know, like, and I was always just so self conscious and embarrassed about making mistakes because you know when you and I were growing up playing music, we weren't the greatest. I mean. I do recall getting laughed at quite a bit playing music growing up. So it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm never getting laughed at again. So I didn't want to shortchange myself. And I always thought you were pretty, pretty goddamn good. You could just play and sing at the same time, which was something that was mind blowing to me up until just recently. I kind of started figuring out how to do it. And once you figure it out, it's not as hard, but it's still, still pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we announced some of your shows. You got, brother bailey on facebook do you have any other social media for brother bailey um i think we've got uh we've got a a youtube page technically we've got a few handful of videos on there heck yeah rough stuff maybe some more coming um this winter getting some uh new items on there yeah and um i think we have a reverb page too Uh, Um, reverb nation yeah, right. Yep. Uh, it links to some of those YouTube videos as well. All right. So, uh, I mean, I'll double check with um, everybody to see if he, if they know of any other social media. But I will have all your guys' social media in the description. Uh, I know you and I had talked about YouTube a couple times because we wanted to start you guys a YouTube page. And I feel like every band needs one and needs to have at least some things on there. Um, to at least partially represent what they are. I think we've used it for some of our stuff to, as a resume to play some places. Bingo. And that's the other thing is if they don't have that kind of stuff, they don't know how good you actually can be. It's you know? widely accessible if you have the internet. So exactly. it's not like you send them to them. You just tell them where to look. And everybody knows what YouTube is. It's not like some, yeah. f- some foreign place they don't know. Like no like reverb nation they're just like how do i what is this where do i go what do i click on you know like yeah no youtube you just click the link and the video starts playing and it's just like oh these guys aren't bad yes you know so 
um i mean to any of the bands listening anybody with a band uh you know set up a youtube page man it's it's pretty easy and uh you can get videos on there and get some views you know use it as a resume type deal for for booking other shows it it works man that's one reason i started doing audible farm was to record other bands and uh you and i had dropped some ideas off of one another talking about that a few different times and uh you know it's it's been one of those things where i've i've recorded a handful of bands here and there and some of them have come back and told me that youtube has helped them book shows especially you know case in point the stuff that i recorded of them because i've i've pulled some pretty decent audio and video from some places but i uh i've never got a chance to record you guys i know we had spun the idea a few times in the past and just never got around to doing it but i i definitely think uh I mean, I'll get all your stuff. I'll put it in the description section. Do you have anything else you want to plug while we're still sitting here at the at the podcast table? I think we about covered it all there. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, I think we got... Ooh, geez, sorry to redline. For the most part, I think we covered everything there. And uh, uh, we had a little bit of modulation issue here in this podcast, but it's uh, I think we got it pretty well handled. But uh, thanks, man, for you know inviting me over because um, I I have this podcast. It's pretty mobile, and I, I I'm kind of at the whim of whether or not people can do it and whether or not they know a place where we can do it and and everything. So I gotta say thanks for inviting me over here, uh, doing a podcast with me. It means a lot that you uh, you know you're willing to sit down with me and throw your two cents out there on the internet. So uh, appreciate it. Uh, thanks, everybody. This is Kevin Jensen. Sure. Thank you, Peter. All right. Yep. We'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, that didn't sound too bad. I, you know, a little post-production here and there does wonders, huh? Well, uh, that was, you know, episode 14, Kevin Jensen. He's a good buddy of mine. I, I just like sitting down. We talk a lot anyway, so uh, I figured I'd just throw some microphones in front of us one of these days and see what came out. And, uh, you know, there's the podcast. That's what happens. It's the way it works, and uh, it's just great stuff, man. Great stuff all around. Make sure you go check out Brother Bailey online. I mean, they got tons of stuff online. They got a YouTube channel. They got uh, Facebook. I mean, they've got all their dates on Facebook. So go out to one of their shows. Make it. Make sure you make it out to that abate rally this year. Uh, Brother Bailey's going to be there on one of the days. Uh, Riddled with Class is going to be there on another one of the days. I did a podcast with uh, Nick Earhart, and we uh, we talked about you know that after the podcast because I, I'm not 100% sure if he announced it on the podcast, but... Yeah, we, we had discussed that, and uh, it's just it's kind of cool to see my friends doing great things. So so keep it up, guys. Keep getting those awesome awesome gigs booked. You know, it's it's super sweet. Get your exposure. You deserve it. Uh, check out Audible Farm online. We've got YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. We've got all of it. We're uh, pretty active on Twitter. You can check us out there. Shoot us a tweet. We'll tweet you back. Guarantee it. Uh, you know, we've got all sorts of videos on YouTube, not just the podcast. So go ahead and check out some videos we've taken of other bands around the area on YouTube. Uh, we're always adding new videos. You know, every couple of months we'll add a few videos. So check that out, too. Got tons of cool stuff for everybody to look at. Uh, you know, thanks again for enjoying the podcast. I'm glad everybody listens to it. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'll just check you guys next week. Thanks for joining. I'll, uh, I'll be around. Peace.